Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, I'm Paul Van Sickle. This is 104.5 Way FM, and we're excited to have our Ministry of the Month in with us today, which is... Compassion Connect slash Abolition Now slash Adorned in Grace. So we have Gary and Linda <laughs> Trivet joining us today uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, their ministry. And January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And they're doing some very amazing work and hard work here in our city through their ministry. So Gary and Linda, thanks so much for joining us. We're excited to have you on as part of the Way FM Ministry of the Month. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. All right. Tell me a little bit about, let's start with abolition now, just in general, and you know, what it is that you guys are seeking to do. Abolition now is a model of ministry of Compassion Connect, and our model attempts to unite churches to serve in their community. The particular model of abolition now is serving in the whole area of anti-trafficking or anti-sexual exploitation. Trafficking is such a broad term, and that's used as a broad term because there are so many different facets to it. Can you explain a little bit more about what that all could entail when you use that word trafficking? Trafficking is a little bit of a broad term, maybe too broad for our purposes. We look at uh, just those people that have been manipulated or coerced into the sex trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is a definition, one of the definitions of being trafficked. And, and that's what we focus on. And just trying to uh, do prevention around that and also helping those that would like to come out of the life. How long has abolition now been around? We started in its roots about 2009 with a conversation with uh, Multnomah County Commissioner Diane McKeel when she kind of presented the problem. We didn't know exactly what that would entail or what we could do about that. So we formed a task force that was out of uh, the Prairie East County group, um, uh, Multnomah County's group of pastors that have been praying together and working together for several years. So uh, that was kind of the foundation of it in 2009. In probably 2010 sometime, uh, it was picked up by Compassion Connect as one of the models of ministry trafficking people have probably heard that term um, now as that's finally been being talked about i think some of the shock might have worn off over the last several years of the fact that people coming to realization that it is happening here it's not something that's happening just in asia or africa but it's something that is happening right here but what was that like for you guys when you first discovered that hey this is happening right here uh, literally in our own neighborhoods Yeah, we, like most people, are shocked to hear it, um, that there's actually girls, teenage girls, young teens, who are being coerced into a life of sexual exploitation and then uh, sold commercially. Uh, When you talk about it in those terms, I mean, it it grips your heart. But when you start imagining a 14-year-old girl being lured into a a motel room or something with with an old 40... 50-year-old man, you know, then it, it really grips you. And 
And so you're moved to want to do something about it, particularly when we hear about how widespread it is. When we feel like God has the answer, the church has the answer, uh, it is um, God's values that people are precious in his sight. And uh, so just moved by a heart of compassion, we want to do something about it, but but what is the big question? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that question, the what, and that's when abolition now comes in. Uh, part of the model I know of Compassion Connect is uh, not to reinvent the wheel, but to have people united together, working together. So how did that take shape then with abolition now? So when we first heard about the issue, the very first thing that we did was just start to learn about it. So it was a matter of discovery on our part where we just find out which organizations are working in the anti-trafficking areas and what they're doing and trying to understand it, uh, watching videos that are coming out more and more every day with people trying to describe the problem, picking up news articles, talking to the police, building relationship with the police, just try to gain as much information as we could about the issue. Then the next step is to communicate that. Uh, We just started... Uh, get informed, get involved. So that was a web-based way of communicating that. Get informed is just reporting all that we have learned from other organizations, from the police department, from the justice department, trying to communicate that on a web-based system so that people can figure out what's going on and, and how to get involved. Then we have the get involved side that is basically cataloging those organizations that are involved and that are doing on-the-ground works or or frontline works, first responders, and those that are doing aftercare and so forth. So we, uh, after trying to catalog those, after we became aware of so many organizations that are working in it, the anti-trafficking efforts, then it seemed like fitting, since we're in that position of, of having researched many different organizations is to try to pull them together to start working collaboratively. As we see uh, many organizations starting up and working in a particular area, it just makes sense for us to work together. Mm. So as part of the 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 involvement, what do we do? What are some of the things that you do? What does that look like on the practical sense that Abolition Now does here in the area? Yeah, our primary objective, uh, like I said, is collaboration, to see where there are holes in services and then try to bring together organizations that could meet those needs, those holes in the services. So we try to, uh, we work a lot with collaboration with organizations, getting churches involved, getting Christians uh, to plug in and, and volunteer and serve and contribute to the efforts. So that is uh, one of our primary services. But as we did that, we discovered that there was a lot of things that Abolition Now could do as well. And part of that, Linda is involved with, with Adorned in Grace. So I can let her talk about that. All right. Yeah, Linda, tell me a little bit more about Adorned in Grace and what it is you guys are doing there. The Adorned in Grace Ministries uh, raise awareness and funds for the prevention of human trafficking, sex trafficking, and support for victims. So we have several different models under Compassion Connect and Abolition Now where we, and I like to think of it as using the dress. 
people can get involved with the ministry by donating a dress, a wedding dress, is a wonderful, wonderful way. And we have a bridal shop that sells dresses, and all of the proceeds of that nonprofit dress shop, Adorning Grace, will go to raise awareness and funds for prevention and direct services to those that are coming out of the life. Then we also have a ministry called Adorning Grace Design Studio, where we work with at-risk teens and really try to build advocacy. We go into a low-income, high-crime neighborhood, work with the girls that are uh, living there to help them develop healthy attitudes so that they can not just um, be free from sexual exploitation, but they can actually be empowered to be advocates for their sisters, their friends, their classmates. Let's talk about the design studio a little bit, just as far as stories go, because I know that, that one's got to be powerful. That's something that you guys have kind of had in the works for the last couple years and, and really hasn't been all that long that it's been fully up and running. What kind of changes have you seen in those girls? What kind of impact have you already seen it having? It has been exciting to see how the Lord has used the design studio. We have wonderful mentors that meet with these girls regularly, and we've really become a family where they can come in and they can have now sisters, aunts, grandmas, mothers, uh, even great-grandmothers that work with them, and we will do everything from craft, fun, eating. We always eat. And, uh, and then we also help with homework, and then we can also move on to where we have deep conversations. Uh, we really develop close, close friendships, far more than I think any of us had ever really anticipated when the ministry first began. So we have seen incredible growth in our girls that have been with us longer. We don't push uh, Jesus on them, but we are all believers, and we tell them, you know, and especially if they ask, uh, we will certainly share. But we were very surprised this last spring when six of our girls came to us and said, we want to follow Christ and we want to be baptized. So that was just thrilling to us because it wasn't something that we said, this is what you have to do. We just loved them in the name of Jesus. And that was their response. Wow. That's incredible. That is, uh, yeah, that's what it's all about right there. That's, that's sure just, a, that's, a, that's amazing. Um, how many girls do you currently have? What's your capacity? What are you looking to do in the future with the design studio portion of it? We currently have workshops on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays after school programs. We have five high school students right now that are actively involved. And we have, uh, we had a larger group of middle school girls, um, but we are in a refugee community and we're trying to bridge that gap and earn the trust of the parents. So there has been, it, you know, we'll, from time to time, we'll have six or seven of those girls. We have three that come regularly that their parents really trust um, the ministry and what we're doing there. So, And now we are also on Wednesdays developing a Design Your Future curriculum. We have interns from Warner Pacific College that are researching and helping us write that so that we can go beyond just teaching the girls um, how to sew and do life skills that are very important, but also to get them thinking about, okay, how do they uh, prepare for college? How do they even get their homework done? A lot of these girls um, struggle in school. And so to really communicate to them that it, it's very important for them to think about these things, and we're with you, we're beside you uh, as you cross that road. 
that's a perfect lady talking about the future because that was what I was going to ask about with the design studio. You know, where do you where do you see this going? Where do you want this to go? And how can people help get you there? It, it's exciting to see that the Lord has already brought us farther than we envisioned in the first place. Um, the relationships that are being built I have just been exciting. We have had we had one young girl who ran away from her foster home. She had been with us a couple of years, had come, become very, very close with her mentor and the other um, mentors who are at the design studio. But things at home were very, very difficult. She chose to run away, and she was gone for, I believe it was five months. Um, no one knew where she was, but when she did have contact with her past, it was always through her mentor. She would do a Snapchat um, message and say, I'm okay, you don't have to worry. And it was exciting because that was her link to a healthy um, home base that she could come back to. And eventually she realized that she didn't want to live the life that she was living. And she asked her mentor if she would help her come back and get reestablished back in school. The mentor and her husband were actually uh, approved to be her foster parents. And the juvenile court judge that had watched her over the several years that we had had her told her foster parents that um, they wanted to know more about what the design studio was doing because there were other girls that could benefit from such a program. So that was, we were thrilled to hear that. Wow. That's, yeah, that's amazing. And again, to, to be able to then create more stories like that, what are some of the needs that you guys have with the design studio then to, to be able to get more have, build more relationships, have more girls, um, change more lives. So what do you need? We, we um, have a long way to go as far as uh, developing our curriculum and um, coordinating the workshops that we do have, um, having inroads into the neighborhood where we are at and getting to know the girls that are right in that direct neighborhood, girls living in foster care and shelters that are targets. The police tell us that for every 10 young girls that they pick up on the streets, eight or nine of them have been in the foster care system. And it's n the foster care system is not bad, but the situations that bring the girls um, to that circumstance just leaves them extremely vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Let's go back up and talk about Adorned and Grace, uh, the store a little bit more. Um, share some stories from the storefront. I know you're, you're there a lot and do a lot and you guys are getting ready to open a new one. I'll let you talk about that too. But what are some of the stories that you've, you have to share from Adorned in Grace. Well, it's been exciting to see women from all over the country who will hear about Adorned in Grace and want to donate one of their most prized possessions, their wedding dress. And so they will donate it, and then we'll have other lovely brides who are very socially conscious um, who will come in and buy that dress. And so then that money goes to uh, raise awareness and funds to, for the prevention and for helping uh, women get out of sex trafficking so it's, it's really a win-win situation. So people can um, donate the dress, others buy the dress, and it goes to a wonderful cause. I love it. It's so much fun. If people uh, do have dresses to, to donate or want to come check it out, where are you guys located at? We are located in Raleigh Hills at the Fred Meyer Raleigh Hills Marketplace Complex. And you can find information and a map on adorningrace.org. Awesome. Um, and then then you have a new one that's coming. Yes. In 2016. 
We are very excited. We are, I think, weeks away from opening a second shop in Gresham, Oregon, right on Division. Uh, a church has donated a building that they have there for our use, and we're very excited to open that. That's awesome. Gary, back to you. You've been sitting there patiently. <laughs> the glowing look on your face um mm-hmm. i want to hear some more stories uh from you on um with, with abolition now some of the work you're doing some of the uh things that you've done with churches and what have you seen you know kind of working at that macro level of connecting people what has come out of some of those connections well a story i love uh personally is one that uh the sark is sexual assault resource center who is who are first responders when the police pick up a person or they get involved with someone who is wanting to come out of the life, uh, they will call SARC. The, and a SARC, as well as many of the other organizations, LifeWorks, uh, Portland Police, and others have uh, formed, along with Abolition Now, something called Bridging the Gap. Bridging the Gap is a web-based connecting system where those with a need uh, post a need and then those with resources pick up that need and are able to match that. So a story I love is there was a girl in, in Las Vegas who had connection with a SARC advocate here in Oregon and made that contact. And, and so that need was posted to get that girl away from her pimp. So it went and was posted on the Bridging the Gap system Abolition now picked it up, said we can help, Had her, got a uh, plane ticket and her into a safe place uh, where she is now away from her pimp and, and doing well. So the thing I, I love about that story is here was a need, a girl who wants to get out of the life and needs a way of doing that. There's the, the SARC group, which is a uh, nonprofit organization working the, with the police department to rescue a girl in Las Vegas, and the dress shop has raised funds that can provide the plane ticket and the transportation necessary to get her into a safe place. And now her life, is, as of the last that we heard, is she is doing well. Hmm. Yeah, that's, again, that's it all working together. That's how this system <laughs> should work and is and that's amazing exactly that's just incredible to see when it uh works out the way that you know god's designed it now to yeah. to work out through what you guys are doing if there is this is a two-part question if there's an individual that wants to get involved with what you're doing and you guys can answer this separately for specifically the studio and for Dona Grace, what are some ways that they can get involved? Or if they, uh, you know, if there's somebody that has more influence than just themselves, as far as a church uh, or a small group that wants to be involved with what's going on, how can they do that? Yeah. The way an individual can get involved is the website is created. Abolitionnow.com is created just for that to get informed and get involved so they can read up. And even there's an assessment tool, just a, a way to think through how what they're gifted at and how they might be able to plug in, and then a catalog of organizations. So we don't promote necessarily just abolition now, although we'd love to have people volunteer with us. And we do get uh, those responses through that uh, website. But we also point them to other organizations that may be a better fit for them. And so to use that website as a way to figure out how you can get involved as a 
as an individual, that that's where we direct people. That'll get them connected into a place where they can serve. And we like to encourage people if they try something, if it doesn't work, don't give up, <laughs> but try another spot. You know, God has designed them for, equipped them for something in his kingdom and for them to just keep trying because there is a spot, there is a way to serve, there is a way to, to give to make a significant difference. And then the other thing uh, besides the website, if it's a group or a church or somebody larger than an individual, what what you know, if a church wants to get involved in either one of the church collaborations or yeah. donating in bulk, what what do they do with that? It's the same thing. Yes, we've just uh, um, developed a better way of uh, presenting to churches, so we could always use help uh, if someone would just go to their pastor or pastoral staff. Usually, there's a person within the church that is passionate about this that got a stirred their heart. And we'd be happy to come to the church and speak with them, do a meeting with pastoral staff, and we have developed a presentation so that it is, uh, once again, it's very objective. It is not sensational, but we try to share the facts. We try to share what's going on. And then uh, just let the Lord lead if that church is interested. Uh, They may want to proceed with a church presentation, which we have developed the materials for that. So we could use help from anyone who wants to talk to their pastoral staff and would like that kind of a presentation. They can make those introductions. Again, there's uh, access to that through the website. And Linda, for the dress shop for Adorned in Grace or for the mentoring as well, same thing. For the, what does an individual need to do to get involved? Or if there's a group of people that, in a church that wants to support or a group of ladies that's together, what can they do to get involved? The bridal shop is operated by volunteers, so if you are passionate about this cause and also love to see beautiful brides thrilled as they find the dress of their dreams, we'd love to have those people be sales associates for us. We will have the two locations now, so you can be east or west side of the river. And we also, at the design studio, we are trying to bridge the gap as far as the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday workshops, uh, the administration of coordinating between those groups, and also getting out into the community there and working with the families and letting them know that we care about their children and we care about this neighborhood. So we, we would love to have people that would just really like to connect with the neighbors around the ministry. Yeah. What else do people need to know that they might not know? What is it if someone, you know, you guys have been entrenched, you have the knowledge, you've been working in it, not only just in in researching facts and figures, but you guys have been entrenched in what is going on. Uh, You know, what might people still be either shocked to find out or what do people really need to know about the issue of human trafficking in our area that isn't out there right now that people aren't fully aware of? I would think that the fact that we have so many strip clubs would be a big warning sign to everyone. And yet, as we were um, building out the design studio, I had to pass probably six strip clubs to get there. And I thought, why is this okay? Why do we have all these strip clubs? And why why are people just not infuriated that our, our children, our daughters, have to walk past these on their way to school. And what does that tell them about their value as a young woman? It, that really is a question in my mind. 
And it's a good one. And it's so true. And again, that's that uh, moral argument versus the freedom to do what you want argument of America. And, you know, what what did we expect? And um, I I think through, you know, your organization, other organizations working with civic leaders that I think some people are starting to maybe see that and not that they are necessarily going to do anything about it, but at least are coming to terms that, hey, this is a problem that is causing more problems. Yeah, Gary. I think that is it. I think that is an issue is there's a disassociation between the whole attitude towards sex and the proliferation of uh, pornography and the easy access to that. And there is a direct association, we think, between uh, pornography and the uh, renting or hiring of young girls for sex acts that one leads to the other. And I don't think people realize that our passive attitude towards this is actually some of the results is resulting in this sexual exploitation. Mm. One of the things that's been great on this issue is that every, you know, like you said, besides the kind of hypocrisy on how people feel about things, everyone is in agreement that this is a horrible thing, human trafficking, and shouldn't be happening through any belief system or political system. uh, And with everything, the ways of stopping it could be different based on things but for the most part this is pretty unified front that we have in our community that this is bad and we want it to stop talk about how you have been able to bridge the gap and collaborate between being uh, christians and being a ministry and the church in working with government organizations and other nonprofits that aren't christians yeah that is a, a difficult sometimes bridge to build between us but the at the core uh, as you said paul that Um, The core is that we all see this as wrong and evil. And so everyone is willing to exert energy in order to just tolerate our differences, to put aside our differences uh, between the secular and the sacred, to be able to set those aside long enough to say, where can we agree and how can we help each other? Whereas uh, we don't set boundaries for ourselves, saying, I will not work with this person because of their particular beliefs or their particular values, but rather we say, okay, we understand we have these values, I'll respect yours if you respect mine, and then we can work together on a problem that we agree on. So we can offer very real help to one another. Uh, It requires a lot of just open trust that uh, we'll take steps of, of trust in one another even though um, we know that there will be differences, then we can trust each other in the common ground. And so I think there's an openness both between the secular organizations and uh, faith-based organizations that are willing to do that. Hmm. And that is uh, uh, between different conferences and, again, the resources that, that we can all provide together. Um, it, it, it is. It's something that can work and is, is working here uh, in, in Portland and you guys are a big part of that. And we thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you can think of that you want out there for people to know as it relates to abolition now or adorned in grace or human trafficking just as a whole in our city? One thing I would say is that it is a, a big, scary monster. (laughs) The issue is so frightening and overwhelming. And it seems like, okay, prostitution has been around forever. And so could we ever make a difference? But I think we see historically 
that there have been social issues that are of great concern and significant strides are made to change those issues, to improve them. And I can name a few, but, uh, you know, slavery or smoking, you know, are two that are very prominent that have changed. And they've changed because individuals are willing to get involved. Individuals are willing to say, I'll take this responsibility on myself and do something about it. And the result is there's significant social change around those things. So the anti-trafficking, no matter how big it is, or uh, no matter how scary trafficking or sexual exploitation is, there, uh, there is the ability when we work together to make massive social change in these areas. So let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to work. Again, we're talking with Gary and Linda Tribbett from uh, Compassion Connect, Abolition Now, Adorned in Grace. So just follow the follow the trail down there. Um, once again, thank you guys for, for joining us. We're proud to have you as a Ministry of the Month here on Portland's 104.5 Way FM. And can you give us your contact information for each of the ministries one more time? Abolition Now, the best way to reach us is www.abolitionnow.com. And adorningrace.org. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.